On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Louise O'Reilly of Sinn Féin, the Enterprise Box Business Building Studio. Are you in the running for the Late Late Show by any chance? Well, I'm going to take this opportunity, Gavin, to rule myself out. Um, you know, I, I just Stop the I don't want to be considered so the RT bosses um, can just can just back off now. Mm. Um, I would like to see a woman presenting it. Uh, I, I, any prayer candidates? Well, I think Claire Brock, uh, if we're looking outside of RTE, mm. uh, would be someone that would be good. Um, I think she's very good on the politics, you know, on, on the lighter side of stuff as well. I think she'd be good. Mm. But, you know, it's not something You're I've just saying that so she goes really, easy on you the next time you're on The Tonight Show. No, now. I, she's going to be taking that, names. Now I know for a fact she yeah. won't the you're next gonna go time. You're going to go through you for a shortcut I, the next I'm time. I'm taking a risk here saying yeah. this. Uh, well, some, somebody else has previously said Kira Doherty, so it's only right that Claire would get somebody else making a case for her as well. Um, other candidates, I'm sure, are available. Anyway, you are here ordinarily, in fact, and I happen to know this. Uh, ordinarily this hour of a Sunday you'd be off doing your big shop but you're actually in with us this Sunday to talk about the price of a big shop because as Sinn Féin's enterprise spokesperson you're bringing a motion to the Dáil this coming Tuesday mm-hmm. looking for the government to do something about the price of a big shop. Tell us more. Yeah, I do uh, ordinarily uh, shout out to the people in Tesco's and Rush do my shopping on uh, Sunday morning um, and like everybody else uh, and I'm, I'm not for a moment pleading poverty I, I really am not but I have seen that the uh, the cost of my groceries has gone up um, and we know this now because the survey from Cantor shows that grocery prices are up nearly 17% mm. in the last year and you know wages are not keeping pace with that so a big big thanks to Sharon Graham and Susan Fitzgerald uh, Sharon Graham the new General Secretary and Susan Fitzgerald the uh, Republic of Ireland Secretary or sorry the Ireland Secretary for the Unite Trade Union have produced a report um, Unite investigates the unit that, that have done it but they show that in real terms wages have dropped by nearly 76 euros a week and that's relative to inflation so what that okay. means is not that people are getting pay cuts yeah, but that but the money that they have goes lesser yeah, yeah. It, it buys and it buys less food so mm. we know that when you know the cost the groceries goes up the people who are going to be impacted most are those on lower fixed incomes so we know yeah. also that in Budget 23 the government didn't future proof um, social wealth in fact they didn't even keep pace with inflation at the time and social welfare rates and pension rates have now been well outstripped by inflation so when you're talking to people um, and I was was out at a, a stall in Balbriggan yesterday um, just chatting to, to, to people who were going past and one of the things that parents in particular are starting to worry about is the summer is coming. The kids are going to be there all of the time Mm -hmm. and they are going to want food. And whatever about saying no to your kids, if they want, you know, toys or if they want a day out or if they want gadgets or whatever, saying no to your kids and having to say no to your kids when they're looking for food is a a place that no parent wants to have to go. Which brings us to your dull motion then this week because obviously everyone recognises that the cost of living is high and it's only getting higher. What do you want the government to do about it? Well, in the first instance, we want the government to recognise that there is a crisis and very often, and and this was what the, the feedback that we're getting when we're out canvassing and when we're talking to people is that there is a feeling that the government are out of touch and they actually don't understand uh, what it is that ordinary people are going through. So we want to give voice to this crisis. It's a very real crisis. It's a crisis of food poverty and we want to give voice to those people who really don't feel like they're being heard by the government. Do you not think that government TDs who have the same clinics as you are getting exactly the same feedback that they're not any more divorced or detached from it than you are? Well, I think if they were... Uh, getting the same feedback that we are, we would see a sense of urgency coming from the government and there isn't. So, you know, acknowledging that there is an issue, they can see on paper that there is, but it does not seem to be getting through to them that this requires urgent action. So Mm. the summer is coming and for those families who are very genuinely worried about how they're going to actually pay for groceries, for them, the budget, whenever it comes, it it will be too late, essentially. So what does the government do? 
Okay, so we want them to, uh, in the first instance, instruct the CCPC to uh, conduct an urgent investigation to ex- to examine if price gouging is going on. Mm. Okay, and, so that's and the if Consumer it Protection is, Commission, yeah, yes, okay. yes, and their their interest is to or their mandate is to act in the interest mm. of and protect consumers. So we believe they have a role. Now can I understand. The instruct them to do that. Um, I think they can. Yes, I think they can. Uh, they can ask them to um, to conduct an urgent survey in relation to price gouging, and I think that that wouldn't be unreasonable. I and mean, we know that mm. uh, that this we have to have the we, we've got to have an evidence base so saying that you think the price gouging might potentially be going on yeah. and being able to prove it that's you know so we need to we need to do that but in anyway, the you're not instance. putting the, the cart before the horse there by suggesting that they should be instructed to have an investigation when you actually don't know if there's any evidence of any obvious price gouging or any collusion between supermarkets to do that in the first place but we need to be able to discount that if it's if it's not happening well then that's fine but we so still you want the government need... to exercise an independent watchdog to investigate whether there's any evidence when there isn't we want we want to know if there if the evidence exists because certainly anecdotally people will say that that is happening and we know that when the price of milk dropped in one supermarket it dropped in all four supermarkets and four major retailers so you know we can see there that's that there it's is competition they were sending out press releases to announce that they were doing it so of yes. course nobody wanted to be the supermarket left behind it's no, not Example of and that's, that's understood. Well, Tesco tell you they're going to cut it by forty cents, or every other supermarket feels going like to they do, have to the, do same. the same. Yeah. yeah, and again, you know, this is only a temporary measure, so we want to see prices actually come down meaningfully for consumers. The other thing we want to see the government do is examine price caps and whether or not now is the time to introduce those. That's again something that the government can do. They've talked about it, but they just don't seem to have that sense of urgency about them. Well, one of the reasons why they, they keep rejecting the argument of price caps up until now has been. That how is it going to work? Are you suggesting then that the if a supermarket has to pay more for a product than they're allowed to sell, that the government steps in to, to fit the difference? Or do you just cut prices for suppliers somewhere along the end so that it's the food supplier or the farmer who gets stung? Like, how would a price cap work? Yeah, and again, you've got to involve the, the farmers in this and ensure that, they, uh, that they're not going to be the ones at the business end of this. So we'd like to see an amendment to the, um, the Agricultural Food and Supply Chain Bill 2022 mm. uh, to give the uh, the regulator the powers to actually investigate this and the powers to make recommendations to the government on how farmers mm. can be protected. But at the end of the day, we have big retailers who are making you know making profits and making large profits. We see that in some instances the cost of energy and some of their input costs are coming down. This is not being passed on to the consumer and we have a genuine fear, particularly for those people on low incomes or fixed incomes, so people on a pension or a social welfare payment, Mm. that food poverty is now becoming um, is now becoming a crisis for far too many households it, and we do believe it's the role of the government to step in and to assist in that in that case. If you were trying to investigate anti-competitive practices in agri-food supply, what you'd probably find is many farmers, particularly, for example, those in dairy, who would tell you that they're already operating on margins that are next to nothing and in fact that they might, they're now very worried that passing on a reduced cost of milk or butter, for example, if that's going to mean supermarkets and multiples demanding lower prices from farmers, that they're now going to be on the breadline. They, they would argue they're already not getting a fair price for their product. So if you were to investigate anti-competitive prices, you'd probably end up with the, the cost to the consumer being a bit higher because farmers would want to get their fair share. Not necessarily because I have no difficulty eating into the profits made by supermarkets. What we don't want to see are farmers getting squeezed. We have small, small family farmers on one end of this and consumers on fixed or low incomes um, or indeed ordinary incomes on the other end of this and in the middle you have the supermarkets. So, you know, they are making a profit. Mm. The people on both the, ends but, of this are getting squeezed. They, they have to pay their wages to their workers too, to the people that you that you they see every indeed. Sunday in they Tesco do and Rush. They, they 
they have to heat the place too and yes, their heating hasn't gotten any cheaper. And they're managing to do all of that and we see that, uh, you know, in the case of the energy companies, they have passed on a reduction, a 15% reduction on their business rate. They haven't done the same to consumers. So there's a range of things that are happening uh, to families at the moment. You've got mortgage uh, mortgage rates are going up for those not on, uh, on fixed rates. You've got energy prices still continuing to rise and we don't see a sense of urgency coming from the government in terms of how they're going to act on that, which is why we want to give them the opportunity to have this discussion on the floor of the doll, but also to amplify those voices and to let people know that their voices will be heard by government because they don't feel like their voices are being heard. Texture says, not disagreeing with the cost of food going through the roof, but what difference does it make having the kids at home? Surely they still have breakfast, lunch and dinner regardless. Not necessarily because kids can uh, avail of school meals. And when they're there more, they will they will eat more. If there, that, there that is, is, well, f- fair enough about those who have lunch provided to them in, in certain schools and that's being rolled out towards every school in, in the coming months. But um, wouldn't they still have breakfast and dinner regardless? They will still have breakfast and dinner, but they will also have the challenge of snacks during the day when kids are not, are not occupied when they're playing, when they're not in school. In school, they eat at a very fixed time. When they're, uh, when they're off school, that doesn't mm. happen. And again, I mean, what I'm saying to you is what was said to me. And I, I know myself, you know, when the, when the summertime comes, it's brilliant. Yeah. But you want to be able to look forward to that time. You want to be able to look forward to having more time to spend with your kids and not be worrying that this actually means an expense that you might not be able to meet. Uh, finally, before you go, just Neil Richmond, who's the, the Minister responsible for the retail sector um, and was on Newstalk this week to talk about what the government is doing and said that he was bringing forward a meeting with uh, the retailers, which was planned for next month, which has now been expedited so that he can discuss with them how they can pass on any savings they can make to customers. Surely that's a sign of a government doing almost exactly what you want. And, and indeed, we welcome that. Uh, but what we we don't see is an urgency in relation to action from them. So the meeting is very welcome, but we want to see some urgent action. Bearing in mind, you know, social welfare rates and for rates for pensioners and, and carers, they didn't keep pace with inflation already. Those people are on a fixed income and again, they're going to fall even further behind. So we think there is a case to be made for those people to be insulated uh, against food poverty. Uh, Louise O'Reilly, Sinn Féin spokesperson on Enterprise and TD for Dublin Fingal. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on On The Record this lunchtime. That Sinn Féin motion being debated in the Dolce Chamber this coming uh, Tuesday evening. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PWC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.